0: Well, good morning, my name is Josh. Welcome to the last part of Love Where You Live. This morning, last night was one of those nights when I couldn't sleep because I was too excited for church the next day. It happens every once in a while. The reason, I have good reason to be excited today though because I don't have to preach. I, I actually have three of my good friends coming up to, uh, to, uh, um, to have a conversation with us that I think you're gonna really enjoy uh, here in a second. We'll have them come up um, to, to end this series, Love Where You Live. If you haven't been here, if you're new to us, or if you missed part of this series, we want you to know that you can um, go online to coloradolifechurch.com and listen to any of the sermons from this past summer. They're all up there. Every sermon that we've ever done is up there on, on our website. Uh, you can stream it through your, your smartphone, your computer. It works really well. Um, and I don't really know because I don't like listen to myself that much, but um, it, it does work well. And uh, if, if, honestly, we feel like with this series, what, what we kind of found out as we started doing this series, is if you have questions as to why, why start another church, um, what are they about, what's different about this church, we kind of found, we love to answer those questions as much as possible and we found that this series, Love Where You Live, answers that question kind of over and over again. So if you're kind of checking things out um, and you want to know more about who we are, this, listen to the, the sermons from this series and love where you live. Here, here's, uh, here's what Love Where You Live is all about it's about a unique opportunity that you and I have, not just to enjoy Evergreen, although Evergreen is extremely enjoyable. It's not just to, to, to like Evergreen, it's also to, to, it's not just to believe in God, but also to partner with God with what he's already doing in this town at the intersection of where you work, where you live, and where you play. We said it this way, the the first week, that, that through this series, we want to view our lives differently. We want to view our location differently, our vocation differently, our vacation, our donation. We want to view the, where we live as, as a, a strategic place where we can meet the people around us that God cares about. We talked about where you work is actually very, very important because of who it puts you in contact with. We talked about your vacation, uh, what, what you enjoy doing in your spare time, that that's a, a wonderful way to connect with other people around you that enjoy those things as well and then of course your donation your stuff we talked about that last week and how God views our stuff as a, as a tool to be able to to connect with people and, and, and make lasting relationships that's what love where you live is all about. And we've tried to be as practical as possible throughout this. It hasn't been a really practical series for those of you who have been a part of it. Uh, we've, we've talked about ways to love where we live. We talked about if you're going to love where you live, you're going to find yourself looking for lonely people. That's just one, uh, that was a powerful Sunday when we talked about that. Um, we talked about if you're going to love where you live, uh, you're going to find yourself walking towards the mess in life. All of us, we don't have to think long before we think, yeah, that, that situation, that, that person, their life is kind of messy. And, and here's the thing, if, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, a Jesus follower or a Christian, and you take seriously following him, you're going to find yourself walking towards messes at times. That's what he did. He looked for lonely people. That's the cool thing about this series, too, is just time and time again, we keep coming back to, the life, the teachings, the practices of Jesus Christ and how he did this because he did this so well. We talked about the importance uh, uh, of remembering names and the power of a name. And that when, when we, we, we know people by name and we, we go out of our way to spend time with them, what we're communicating to them is you are worthwhile and you are worth, you are worth knowing. Um. We talked about our money, like I said last time. We talked about all these different things. And as I was kind of thinking about how should we wrap this up on our last Sunday in the topic, I, I wanted to stay practical. I wanted to, to give us something that, that's, that, that we can go and do. And I was thinking, what do all of these things have in common? Remembering names, looking for lonely people, walking towards the mess. And very quickly, as I was kind of contemplating this, a word came to mind. And that was the word value or valuable. All of those things, when we reach out to people, we learn their names, we look for lonely people, what we're doing in that moment is we're reaching out to them saying, hey, you are valuable. You are worthwhile. That was what came to my mind. So if, if there's one thing that, that you can take away, and if, you, if this is your first Sunday as part of this, you can just take, this is, this is the big idea for the whole thing. You came on the right Sunday, because here it is. This is simply one thing we want us to do as a congregation, as a people, as as a group of people who follow Jesus, if that's what you call yourself a follower of Christ. This is what we want you to do as a result. It's pretty simple. We want you to look for ways to add value to people's lives. That's what love where you live is all about. Is is to go out from, you know, yeah, we do church here and that's great. But we've talked about a lot, this isn't church that that this, this is us doing church but we got to go be the church this is it that if you go out and, and just day after day you're able to look for ways to add value to people's lives look out it will change the way you look at life it'll change the way it'll change your interactions and it'll it'll have a profound impact and you'll be able to partner with what God is already doing around you. And, and here's, isn't this, isn't this kind of funny with, with this whole idea of looking for ways to add value to people, people's lives? Here's a question. Why is it that whenever we do this, we, we, we go out of our way to add value to somebody's life, it ends up adding a lot of value to ours? You ever thought about that? Like you, you, you went to give a gift. You went to that place to serve. You, went, you took the trip to do this. And then you come away, you're like, that wasn't fair. Because I just got, I think I got more than I gave why is that and see here is i think is a point a common ground that we can all stand on whether you you know whether you believe in god whether you consider yourself a person of faith or a church person or a spirit maybe just a spiritual person i think we can all agree that when we when we when we look for ways to add value to people's lives a lot of of value is added to ours so let's go do that can I real quick explain to you why, I, why the, from a Christian standpoint, it is this way? Why it works that way? It shouldn't work that way. Uh, when we get, go add value to somebody else's lives, we get value. Here's, here's why that it happens this way in the Christian world. First, say, say this with me. God values me. Everybody go ahead and say that out loud. God values me. This is, this is the Christian line of thought I'm just walking you through right here. Christians also believe that God values you. So go ahead and turn to the person next to you and tell them, God values you. For real, do that. That's good, that's good. Yeah, that was very sincere. Okay, next one. Say, God values people I don't know. Go ahead and say that. God values people I don't know. Say, God values people I don't like. like. Uh, Not everybody said that. <laughs> we were go- we were doing good. We had good energy there. and Then got, whoa! See, that's the Christian worldview. That everybody you and I come into contact with has value. They value. And if you're Christ follower, if you're not a Christ follower, I suggest doing this. Your life will get better. If you are, you don't have a choice. You're stuck. You have to look for ways to bring value into people's lives, because that's what Christ did for you. I'm going to stop there, because I'm preaching, and I don't want to preach. I told you I wasn't going to. So without further ado, I want you to welcome up our three guests uh, to the front. I'm looking for John Ellis, Eileen Sloan, and Luke Westcott. Why don't you guys come on up? Give them a round of applause, please. And as they get up here, I want to tell you a little bit um, about them. Actually, I want to tell you a little bit of, of why we're doing this, um, why we're doing interviews. First of all, if you, if you know these people or any of these people, you know these are people who value people. So that's a, why we wanted to do this interview, is I wanted to, to, to do an interview with people who, who put into practice what we were just talking about. The second reason why I wanted to do this, I don't know if I told you guys this or not. Um, is uh, I, think, I think there's value in, uh, y- it's one thing to talk about something, it's another thing to see it done. And through our conversation today, I think you're going to get a chance to see this be done, living, uh, valuing people. Um, and that, I think that's, that's important. Um, another thing that you'll notice today as we start talking is there's a lot of differences, you'll know, see that here in a second, between these folks. And as I was thinking about you know when I asked you guys to do this in the last couple of weeks, I was like, but there's one thing they have in common. They all value people, and they, that's a value in their lives. So without further ado, let's uh, let's start. Uh, let's start introduce them. Let's let's do a little bio on them. Who's the first one that we're doing here? Luke Westcott over here on our left. Luke uh, Luke is almost 20 years old. He's turning 20 in a couple of weeks, which makes him a Pisces. That likes. Walks on the, oh, Libra. Virg- Virgo. Uh, so, I don't know why so I close. said Libra. I didn't mean that. Uh, I have no clue what any of that means. But um, he, is, uh, he works at the, many of you might uh, recognize him from the bagelry. He works at the bagelry, diligently at the bagelry. Um, Luke is an introvert, right? You're an introvert, right? Yeah. Is there anything you want to say about that? No. <laughs> is that because you're an introvert?
1: I, I don't want to talk about it.
0: Okay, okay. I won't, I won't push. Um, yeah. Luke grew up in Massachusetts, found his way to Colorado. How old were you when you moved here, Luke? He's looking at his mom. Ten. Ten. You should write that down, bro. I should. Yeah, and Luke is actually on staff here at the church. Um, Luke has an unbelievable faith story. Um, He came to Christ about a year ago and just has really gone after it. And I I admire him, and I'm excited for you to get to know him a little bit today. Um, So that's Luke. Who's next? I think we got Eileen, uh, Eileen, Eileen Sloan, go ahead and wave Eileen, um, Eileen is a mother of two awesome two awesome kids, Mallory and Megan, and then they're, um, Megan's engaged to be married this fall to a, yep. a, a phenomenal man named George um, that we all know and love, and um, she's, she's just really a, a proud mama, uh, you guys are awesome parents, and Other things about her, she's an inventor. She invented a a contraption that helps kids. (laughs) Contraption that sounds. Yeah, um, that helps kids learn how to tie their shoelaces. She taught my daughter how to tie shoelaces in like 35 seconds. I think it was it was pretty quick. Um, An entrepreneur started a business around that. uh, Has started other things before. And a teacher. uh, uh, That's her her main career. Uh, What do you have a a master's in? You have a master's in education,
2: curriculum, and instruction.
0: Education, curriculum, instruction. I don't know what that means, but what is nice is Eileen is the one who headed up all of the kids stuff for Kids Life here at Colorado Life Church, and I, I, because of your, and moved on to other things. But uh, the basis, the foundation, is so good. Um, it's it's yeah, your kids are getting a, a top-notch experience because of her. Um, you grew up in where did you go? Chicago. Chicago. And uh, came here how many years ago?
2: Eight years ago, we moved to Evergreen.
0: Cool. Yeah. Um, and you're an extrovert.
2: I'm an extrovert. And I'm not going to give you a chance yeah. to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you might not get the microphone yeah, might not back. Get the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: last, not but certainly not least, my good friend, John Ellis. This is John Ellis. Uh, John Ellis is not actually a part of our congregation, but I, I asked him to join us um, because I, I look up to him so much. He uh, He's not a mother of two. He is a... <laughs> Evergreen native, here's a fun fact about John Ellis. John Ellis has, li- has lived in the building that is now Cedar 65, which was at one point in time, the Whipple Tree, you might know it as the Whipple Tree, but before that was... The Magic Inn. The Magic Inn, which his grandfather built. Um, and for part of his life, he actually lived there. He th- you are looking at Mr. <laughs> Evergreen in so many ways. Um, he, uh, he works at Evergreen National Bank, um, he's, I, if, you, if you live here long enough, you'll see his face around town. Uh, he's a fly fishing guide. That's how he and I actually got to know each other as we yeah. worked together yeah. at the Blue Quill Angler. Uh, he teaches and I used to work in the shop a lot and that kind of stuff. Do you, John, this is uh, off, off script, but uh, do you remember how we met? Yes, I do. you yes, remember the I first do. time we met? I Can I do. tell him about that? <laughs> yeah, tell him. What. So this is <laughs> a little embarrassing. Um, first time yeah, go I, go I met on. him, I was actually okay. fishing in downtown Evergreen fly fishing. And he came up and, you know, of course, he's like, hey, how's the fishing? You know, all excited that we're fishing. And I caught a fish, a little brown trout. He had to throw that in that he
3: caught a fish. Uh, Yeah, well, you
0: have to because that's how I ended up hooking my thumb in the process of trying to let the fish go. The fish switched it around and hooked me. And... uh, I started. I started to get woozy. And this is like in 2004, and I started to like pass out because anybody knows me. I don't like my own blood. You turned white. <laughs> did I really? So okay, you do remember this. Um, and uh, what did you do?
3: Well, um, I, I said sit down because you were going to fall down. Yeah, if not, medical And you had a friend with you that was fishing too. Yeah, um, I don't remember because you really. were at seminary then, I think. Yeah, See, I remember Something. that stuff. So. Yeah, seriously. Um, At that point, what you do is you get a piece of monofilament, and this is all instruction for you as well. You take and put a loop around the hook, and you push the eye of the hook down real firm, and then you pop it up. And it just popped right out of there.
0: And you did that, and I was fine and no longer about
3: to pass out. You remember what happened after that? It was crazy? I I, I, I thought you wouldn't remember any of this. So... That night, I had a fly fishing class I was teaching at the Blue Quill, so I go in to set it up and get the tables and everything. As I go to the counter, here's Josh, and I'm oh, going, really? "I don't remember that." Yeah, that was the first night you started at Blue Quill, and oh, and geez. that's when I saw you. Huh. And I'm going, "Wow!" He says, "You're the you're the guy who took the hook out of my hand." Just I felt like the the thorn out of the lion's yeah. paw. That's yeah, that's
0: good. That's good. <laughs> Learning so all sorts doing? of things today. Um, John, you are a board member of more organizations in Evergreen then then I can count Um, Kiwanis Evergreen Chamber Leadership Evergreen name a couple more
3: Evergreen Park and Rec yeah that's right Evergreen Metro District
0: yeah and a lot of these he's (laughs) a standing board member like he's like they just like you're never leaving you're just gonna be a board member so he truly is uh, he's been called the 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 mayor unofficial mayor of Evergreen I've heard him called that multiple times no joke I'm not joking this is actual truth
3: will they send me a check (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, th- who's they? The infamous they? <laughs> that's, um, that's the problem. And I've always said that if the church was half as present as John Ellis's in our town, big things would happen. Um, so thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Now here's, here's, um, here's part, I want to pause here and then we're gonna dive in. You see the difference? You see the difference in from barista to banker, from pastor to homemaker teacher, uh, male, female, introvert, extrovert, young to mature. older, mature. <laughs> uh, the reason, I, reason we pick these folks is because you, as they tell their story, it's not going to be your story, but you're going to find things that are similar or dissimilar, and it's going to make you think. And, and our hope is, is that, that uh, uh, you come away and say, I can do that. I I can do this uh, wherever I'm at. at. At this point in time in my life, I can do this because they did it here, and in different places. Does that make sense? So let let's dive in. Um, here's here's a kind of an all-play question. We're going to start off with, what do you love about Evergreen? What do you what do you love about this town? And and let's make this
1: one short. Yeah. Um, what I really love about evergreen is the weather, uh, not so much in the summertime, but I really love when it starts to get colder in the next couple of weeks here. Um, the, the views that we get, um, I I don't appreciate it as much as I should, but I just really love the weather. And my most favorite part about this town is the people. Um, you guys are really great people. Uh, very, very kind hearted. You got a lot of soul. Um, I love it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Eileen, you want to hop on that one?
2: Yeah, what I love about Evergreen is definitely the people. And I love how um, people put their health as a priority, and they use the beautiful mountains and this beautiful landscape that we have to incorporate their health into the landscape. They're always climbing mountains, running, bike riders everywhere. Um, So that's what I really love about Evergreen. That's
0: good. Yeah. That's
3: good. John? Well, we, we all said people, and I say the spirit of the people. And I see it through uh, 140 nonprofits that are in the town and surrounding area of Evergreen. Yeah,
0: I want you to let this sink in. There's 140 nonprofits in the state. I had no clue until John said that this <laughs> And they
3: they're all working, most of them, together uh, to raise money to help and reach out to people that need the help or to have uh, products or events that are part of what we do up here. So it's yeah. uh, the spirit of the people.
0: Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Um, you, can, you can see they say people a lot, that these are people who value people. Um, that's why we're talking to them today. Um, let's, en- that's enough with a small talk. Let's get specific um, and a little bit more personal. Uh, I'm gonna ask each of them two questions that are personal to them. I'm gonna start with Luke. Luke, um, at the bagelry, you have, uh, not many people know this, but you told me about this, I think, a year ago. You have a list, when you're working at the bagelry, of people who are not allowed to pay for their food. Yeah. When they walk through the door, um, and they, this isn't him robbing from the bagelry and giving it to you. This is him, this is coming out of his paycheck to this. I've always been really struck by this generosity. Um, and, and frankly, uh, I, the question is, why in the world would you do that? And, and before you answer it, I want you to know something. I know some of those people on the list. I know how much you make; they make more. <laughs> so, you know what? What are you thinking?
1: Um, that's news to me. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! Sorry, guys. <laughs> No, um I I really it, it goes back to the heart that I have for the people here. Um you, you wouldn't think some of you who don't come to the bagel very often or I haven't paid for your meals yet, sorry, I will. Um, yeah. But you would you wouldn't really think that a bagel does very much for someone that when they come in and they have a nice conversation and, and they leave and just before they pay, I'm like, No, you're not gonna pay. To to see the the surprise uh, that a bagel mm-hmm. can do kind of just it it gets me excited for what so much more can do um it makes me want to communicate more I get to know people more. I just love mm-hmm. the reactions that I get yeah yeah what what's fun about that for you right now it, the like I said, just looking forward to what's next after that yeah. wherever wherever life takes me, just knowing that w- what I give generously with a little mm-hmm. what I can do with a lot to to make a maybe a big difference yeah. someday. I just the I power of a bagel. Yeah. The power of a bagel.
0: Isn't there one called the power bagel? Mountain yeah. Power. Yes, yeah. we do have one. It's yeah. different.
1: That's I I named it. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Of course. Um, Eileen, uh this one this next one's for you. Eileen, you've spent a lot of your your, your uh 11 years as a teacher, 9 years as a, a stay-at-home mom and then through that time you you made like a daycare and and that kind of stuff. You've spent a lot of a, a large portion of your career not with adults, mm-hmm. and, and right now in your life um, uh, you're, you're at a stage where you're, you start a business and a lot of the time you're doing things by yourself. It's not, you're not out with people and you're an extrovert. Here, my question for you is this, how do you get meaningful contact with people even though you're at home? And, and I think this is an important question because a lot of us, there's a lot of us who work from home, or we're stay at home dads or moms. Or just for whatever reason, we don't get a lot of contact with people. How do you get meaningful contact with people despite being homebound a lot?
2: Yeah. um, I definitely need that contact and get fed by that contact. So I just make the most of what I do have. Hmm. Um, I have to go to the grocery store. For my business, I have to go to the post office to to deliver the product. So I just make the most out of those moments that I have. And it's more than just... Getting the groceries that I need because half the time my husband will tell you I don't come home with groceries even though I've been at the grocery store. But I make the most of that moment being there. If I bump into a friend of mine or I meet someone in the freezer section, um, I stop and I talk to them. So I use it as an opportunity to really value people and get fed myself. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband says, you're not very efficient in your business when you go to the post office twice a day. Why don't you just go once? I'm like, yeah, but if I didn't go at lunchtime, I wouldn't know that Connie behind the desk is having surgery, and I wouldn't know that I could pray for her, and I wouldn't know to ask her how she was doing the next time, and he scratches his head, but...
0: So there's a method behind it. There's the a method behind yeah. it, yeah. I just use mission. every
2: moment I can get, whether it's yeah. 10 minutes at the post office or two hours having coffee or lunch with a friend.
0: Yeah, so I think what I'm hearing you say is, is the power of a moment. Yeah, that you don't need three hours to to change someone's life and to make them feel valued.
2: Definitely, like, no. You? Yeah, it could be at the gas pump. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah that type of contact. And I think we all have that. No matter what we do, we have little pockets of time. If you if you looked at your your calendar your schedule, you're in contact with you know people on a regular basis. Maybe even more than you think.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, And, and I make it happen. Yeah, I make sure I go to the cleaners, the post office. I make sure I have lunch with my friends Yeah, and coffee. Yeah, I good. make that a priority.
3: Go to the bagelry, you get a free bagel. Yeah. <laughs>
2: now I'm going to the bagelry. I'm getting on that list. <laughs> new. All
0: right, now this next question is for John. But before I ask this question, I have a little bit of a confession to make. Um, while these guys knew the questions that we're asking and they didn't know something else, um, this week... I took it upon myself to go and talk with your coworkers. actually. Mm-hmm. I needed to check them out, really, to make sure they're legit. But honestly, the, the reason that I wanted to do this, I think it's one thing to ask somebody, w- you know, how they value the people around them. I think it's totally another thing to hear how the people around them feel valued. You, does that make sense? And so what was cool is <laughs> you guys checked out. Like you guys uh, you're they're legit actually. Like I um and just in case you you um you're doubting me, Luke, I talked with Jackie and Mia. John John, I met Deidre and Robert, super nice. Good intel. Um Eileen, I talked with uh, our good friend and your boss, Michelle Spatafora, for a while on the phone and it was wonderful. Um yeah, I I th- I I found it really interesting. I learned a lot about you guys. Can I just share with you what what they shared? Um, starting with Luke, um, words like happy and fun and smile and fun <laughs> came out a lot. Um, and, and maybe some of the more meaningful things that, that they said is is you bring the stress level down. When things get stressful, your presence makes it less stressful. Um, another thing they said is you never blow people off. And there's, it's, it's a work environment that you could picture. There's a lot of little things to do and they got to get done quickly, but he still is always an open ear, um, always responds to you no matter what is one of the things they said. And I really like this comment, Um, Luke makes you feel human and important, Um, which I thought was was pretty cool. Um, Eileen, uh, the word encourage or encourager came up a a ton. Um, That was was something that just came up a lot of of how you encourage your boss. and then the word "abnormal" came up as well. <laughs> abnormal in her willingness to, to just you know go drive to Kansas City or go to Dallas or you know get up at 4:30 a.m. to do what you guys do with faithful workouts and that kind of thing. Um, she she loved that. And then well, uh, the two comments that she made that I really loved. She says, "When you when you are with Eileen, you feel like one of the most important or special people in the world." That what, what it, it, when I'm with Eileen, I feel like what I'm doing is really important, um, is what she said, uh, that we're going, the business that we're doing, we, we need to do it well, because it's very important. And then, th- I love this, this line. She said, Eileen helps me to see me as I think God sees me. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that cool? Okay, I gotta move on. Um, John. Uh, this is this this is what they said. Uh, your co workers said, "This is what life is like with you: lively, spontaneous, and at times crazy." Um, they said one of the things they said, and I didn't know this about you. Said they could, f- they you can solve any problem. Not that you're you're the one that solves it, but you know exactly who to call, and you make the phone call. That you call that person. You know, oh, you need to talk to so and so, and and because of that, people come to you because. You're an open ear, and, y- and you'll listen, and you'll do something about it. Um, the words like networker, connector uh, were, were used a lot. Um, they called you the godfather of Evergreen, <laughs> which I think is a good oh, thing. I don't, know. I don't think you're part of the mob. Mm, no. no, I think it's a good thing. Um, they they also said no, no bigger cheerleader in this town or for this town than John Ellis um, um, and the whole, you know, the mayor of Evergreen. Uh, uh, and then the last, the last words they ended by saying, inspiring goodwill. That, that what John does in this town is he inspires others towards goodwill, which I thought was, was really neat. There's a side note of one of the things that they said right at the end that I, that I want to make as the basis of our, our next question um, they said right towards the end, they said, one of the things, one of your coworkers told me that, that one of the things that really stands out to her was that every week you make several phone calls to people who are shut in or homebound. Like it's just part of your weekly rhythm or schedule. And, and evidently, John will sit and talk with them on the phone for 30 minutes at a time and ask them, How are they doing? Do you need anything? How's the cat? Um, you know the things that are important in their life. He makes time for, and he does that. Sh- she said, "You do that on a regular basis." Um, and then when we were talking about this morning, you shared that you actually not a, not only call, but l- sometimes you you go and visit and do pay visits to people as well. Um, which I I just think can we just that's pretty cool. Um, here's what I want to ask you based on that. What are what are some of the the most common things that you hear from folks that are in this situation where they they can't leave their house? They're they're maybe towards the end of their life. Or what are some of the things that that you hear that would be good for us to know?
3: Well, you you talked uh, earlier with everyone here um, about some people feel lonely, and I I see that. supposed to cry that's right so you get talking to them and you find that out and then you uh you just say that's not the way it's going to be when we're done talking and uh you talk through it i do cry on the phone sometimes but it's okay um but that's part of they're lonely they need someone to talk to about lots of things things they did or things they didn't do things they want to do. Yeah. And uh, so it's it, the lonely thing I think is is what I hear a lot that that really we want to help yeah. hopefully get rid of.
0: What would you say to somebody who, I, I know for myself, when I think about, like I, I, see, I see lonely people, I see, I see people in those situations, uh, I've had neighbors that I, I, I wish I had, I, I wish that I, I reached out to them, I wish I made the time. And I, I think what holds me back is I'm, I'm afraid I'm not going to know what to say. Or Does anybody else feel that way? Like it's, you're not quite sure what to do. What would you say to somebody who's wrestling that like that like I do sometimes?
3: I usually don't run into anybody that I wouldn't. Uh, I just do it. I don't know why. Mm. It's something that uh, I think my mother passed it on because she would. Uh, so you need to be born this uh, way. Well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they, you do learn it too, though, is as, as just. You reach out, you uh, give some of your happiness Mm -hmm. and share it in a day to make it better. Yeah, that's
0: good. Um, Luke, um, your second question. Um, One of the things that I like about you is you appreciate and take seriously. We've even seen it this morning in the little that he said about working at the bagelry. I appreciate how much you appreciate it and take it seriously. It's not your dream job. Um, it's not something that um, you probably see yourself doing forever. Um, it's, it was your first job, you know, a high school job, and, 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 but it's, it's, you're doing it well now because that's um, what you're doing. But what would, you, what would you tell someone who doesn't like their current job and maybe someone who's struggling to find value in their current job uh, how would you encourage that? Because here's here's the reality: is is, um, you know, we we think it's going to get better as you get older and as we go further in our careers, but it's not always the case, is it? We we come across jobs that we have a hard time finding value in. What do you do? You know, what would you do to encourage people who are feel stuck in their jobs?
1: Yeah, I I think it's really important to remember that like, you're God has you where you are right now for a a darn good reason. Um, he, he needs you where you're at. He needs you at that job. He needs you with that car, um, with that amount of money for a reason. Um, and it's just really important to me not to waste that no matter where I am, Mm -hmm. no matter what day it is, no matter how tired I am, just not to, not to waste that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, because you never know when it'll come in handy. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even, even in the job you're in now and um, I, I admire that about you. It's good. Eileen. Um, Eileen, um, as I mentioned, Eileen was a teacher for uh, over a decade. Um, about a year ago, you, we were talking about something, and, and it's about this. T- this is a perfect question to ask because it's the time of year where kids are going back to school or kids uh, go back to school next week. Uh, I was just talking to a teacher the other day two days ago, she's like, I'm going to get my roster mm-hmm. of, of my classroom. Um, explain to these folks here what you used to do when you got your roster as a teacher. She does something that I think is really unique and really special. Why don't you explain that?
2: Yeah. So I'd get the roster of 30, 32 kids, and I would look at it. And um, the first thing I was actually, I, I would think just how honored I was to be able to have this time with not only those kids but those families. And I would look at the roster and I'd say, you know, these parents are entrusting me with their children. This principal Mm -hmm. is entrusting me with their children. The superintendent is entrusting me Mm -hmm. with these children. And bigger than that, God is entrusting me with their children. And Mm -hmm. the reality is I only had them for a blink of an eye, nine months. And I needed to make those nine months intentional. It was a very short window, and I, besides teaching them the academics that they needed to learn that year, um, I really needed to be intentional on how are they going to feel valued, empowered? How are they going to leave this year with the real-life tools that they need, Mm -hmm. and um, it that's very humbling. You know, what an experience. I
0: love that, that idea of those windows of time. We don't yeah. have, for ev- even us parents, mm. I mean, the reality is we don't have forever with our kids. No. Um, it feels like forever, but uh, no. it's not. It'll go faster than we think. And, and, and so take intentionality, taking the time. And I, think, I think we could all make translations into our own mm-hmm. lives of, you're not going to be at this job for forever. You're, you're not going to be with this group of people. That person that you work next to isn't going to be there forever. That's a window of time, of opportunity to get to know them, to make them feel valuable, um, to pray for them. You, uh, you, you told me, that when you told me about that, that you prayed for the kids by name. Um <laughs> And, and took it seriously that those are your kids. Yeah. Um, I'd
2: get up at 4 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning, and I'd just pray over the kids. And I'd say, Lord, reveal to me who needs a little extra TLC today. And one of the quick ways to make them feel valued, like right off the bat, is I made sure that all my work was done when that bell rang. And I stood at the front door of the classroom every single day. And I didn't talk to adults during that time. I wasn't putting my lesson plans together, even though I should have been, um, because some weren't done. But Mm -hmm. I stood there. And as the kids came in, I gave them eye contact every morning, every single child that walked through the door. And I'd just say, good morning. And I'd maybe give them a piece of something, you know, oh, I read that paper that you wrote last night. But as they walked in the door, they knew I cared for them. And they knew... That they were seen and they were heard, Mm -hmm. and the Lord would reveal. Sally needs a little something extra today, Mm. and sure enough, it only took a few minutes for that to usually be revealed. Or um, so it was really good. Every day was very intentional. Would you go back
0: into teaching, for chance? Because we all of us want our kids in your class. I mean, isn't (laughs) that what you want out of a teacher? Is just, hey, I see you. You're important. It yeah. goes a long, long ways. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, John, on, on several occasions, you, you know, over the years I've heard you call, been called the Mayor of Evergreen, now the Godfather of Evergreen. I'm going to hang out to that one. Um, this is this is a title that you, uh, I, I, every time I've seen you called that in your presence, you, you get humble about it, but it's, it's one that you've earned because of the, r- the ridiculous amounts of time that he spent, um, you know, volunteering in our community and, um, I've never heard anyone doubt that or say, no, not John Ellis, that they, all, they all agree, we all agree. Um, because of that, because of the, the copious amounts of time that you've spent for other people, I, there's one question that I've been dying to ask you. Do you ever wish that you could just go fish? No, and, and like, okay, don't answer that one. Th- but like like, is there a part of you that you ever wish that you could just go fishing instead of, this other thing because i think what keeps a lot of us okay i'll talk about myself what keeps me from stepping out and, and you know uh, uh, volunteering what you know signing up that kind of stuff is but what about josh time um, what about my time and will i have time for myself and i guess what the question that i'd, I'd like to add have you answer is as a person who has spent ridiculous amounts of time uh, in this town, for this town, um, what do you feel like you've gained in return? What do you feel like, um, why would you say, yeah, I could go do this, but I think it's better over here on the John Ellis side of things.
3: Well, I I know that um, I I do, another big thing is family time with four kids and five Mm -hmm. grandkids, you definitely spend family time somehow or other, and it's fun too. Um, about the fishing. Every once in a while I do slide away on my own. Mm-hmm. You need that uh, just being here in nature and um, the ambiance. We were talking about a, a word of, of the mountains and the streams. and uh, You can be hiking them. You don't have to even fish them, but mm-hmm. the fishing does make it fun. Um, I get, I, you know what? I've never thought of it in that way. I, uh, this is what I do. Uh, I love it. I love the people, our town. So I just go forward, and uh, I've never been selfish the other way. Not that it would be necessarily, but it's not what I do. I just, yeah, I have so much uh, excitement doing what I do with everything, and it all blends together. That's I get excited about that, that there may be a trail around Evergreen Park and Rec District or that you're going to see something cool happen on the lake here. Uh, it might take a little longer than we want, but uh, that, that happening, uh, along with Evergreen Metro District cleaning 12,000 cubic square mm. yards of silt out of the lake. Mm. Uh, I'm involved in both of them and it all fit together. So yeah. it's, I think you just go and have fun doing it every day.
0: I think I, what I hear you saying is, uh, and, and this has been my experience in a much limit, more limited sense, I haven't given as much as you, but I think I hear you saying you never regret time or money that you give responsibly. Is that fair to say, everyone? W- would you say in your own life that, that the times that you've given your time, you've given your money, if, you, if you've if you done it responsibly, you don't regret that. You know, it's like, yeah, I guess I could have done fill in the blank. But this was worth it. Um, and I think you're a living testimony to that principle, that idea of it's better over there. It's better when we add value to people's lives as opposed to just simply adding value to ours. Um yeah, so thanks for sharing that. Uh, that that's all we got. I, I I'd love to for questions, concluding thoughts. Um Eileen, why don't you start with uh, our, your concluding thought just based on what we've talked about any any parting shots for for us all?
2: Yeah. Um it's always fun to go out and kind of have a mission to who can I value today? Who can I value whether it's at the gas pump? Whether it's somebody who opens the door for mm-hmm. you or you're actually sitting down and having a meal with somebody. Um, you could always ask yourself the question, you know, do I see that person? Mm-hmm. Do I hear that person? Am I showing that person that I care about them? Are they going to walk away and know that they matter mm-hmm. just from our interaction, whether it's 30 seconds or three hours? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just fun to go out and have that on your mind and encounter people and just practice valuing people. And it's so much fun. Yeah. (laughs) It's so much fun. It really (laughs) is. It
0: really is fun. Yeah. 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 Boys, any thoughts?
1: Yeah. um, One thing that I was thinking about during this whole thing was that like, I heard a lot of little things. Yeah. You know, I heard a lot of, I heard a lot of little things going a long way. Um, and and so do that go and do a bunch of little things and they'll go so far i um, okay. simple thank yous simple hey how are you really doing like mm-hmm. you might not be at your dream job right now and you might not work with your favorite people in the world but do little things for them that don't that don't you don't have to kill yourself to to go for them but just just do little things and you could you could make it your dream job
0: yeah one bagel at a time. One bagel at a time. I mean, that's your new tagline, man. Yeah. I just thought of that. One bagel yeah. at a time. It's little things. It's so true.
3: Well, I'd say um, to value, to love, to laugh, and to thank every day and everybody that you um, touch with um, for being part of what, we, yeah. what we're here for. Yeah.
0: Well, that's it. Uh, can you guys give them a, a big, big round of applause? Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. I'm going um, to, I'll do my parting shot. Here's my concluding thought for this whole morning. You can do this. Let, let me rephrase this, that you can do your ver- your version of this. There's somewhere, every day you, you have a, a, a possibility to look for a way to add value to people's lives. Every one of us. Even when you feel like there, there's maybe not much opportunity, there's more than you think. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to sing some songs here, and as soon as I'm done praying, the ushers are going to pass around um, a bunch of coins. It's our gift to you. We're giving you money in church today. That's right. And well, that won't be the last time we do it, and, and we're taking an offering later, so don't worry. Yeah. These coins are, um, they're unique. A coin is, is valuable, is, it's, it's money, um, but these coins are unique currency, some of them are gold, some of them are square, some of them have holes in them, some of them are from the United States, some of them are from out of the United States. Some are old, some of them are new. Go ahead and take one of those coins, and that's our gift to you, and and we want that valuable, uh, uh, portable, um, unique thing to go with you for one day. Our challenge for you is to, to, to put it I like to put it in a back pocket, carry it around for Monday, tomorrow, just to remind you to look for ways to add value to people's lives. Guys, I I have to, I've loved this series because at its heart is what we are, who we are as a church. And I, I, I believe with all that's in me that if, if we as ordinary people start to see things, our time, our money, our vacation, vocation, location, donation, when we start to see those things the way God does, extraordinary things happen. With the little stuff. It starts with bagels. It starts with a high. It starts with building up the gumption to go talk to somebody who's lonely and look out. It's worth it. It's worth it. Let me say a prayer. Why don't we stand? Lord, I thank you for Luke's happiness and his fun nature. I thank you for um, Eileen's sincerity and encouragement. I thank you for John's helpful, insightful, um, present and available personality all these three wonderful people who are really different my prayer for us today is to find our different to find our unique that, that maybe during even these next few songs that you would speak to us speak into us lord help us to see what we have to to offer some of us we don't feel like we have much to offer would you break that today bust it up and help us to see how you see us so that we can see the people around us the way you see them. Lord, may may we be mighty in our reach for your glory. Amen.